Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. One. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo. I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the New York Giants are getting ready for their second preseason game this weekend, but in the meantime, signing some players. There's some players discussing different contract negotiations that they might be going through, and of course, you have general manager Joe Shane saying that he's not going to be negotiating with a certain player until the end of the regular season. So we're going to dive into all of the news surrounding the New York Giants in today's episode, but before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But Alex, without further ado, my friend, how are you doing today? And what are your thoughts on Xavier McKinney's potential contract negotiations here? Well, the Giants are uh, not looking to talk about any more extensions until Next offseason, apparently, which is a good move because that's what they've been doing. You know, this is kind of what uh, um, has been happening over the past couple of years, or at least just a lot this past offseason, last offseason. They really didn't jump into these extensions. Um, I think that what it does say is they really value Andrew Thomas. They value him enough to give him an extension two years before it even kicks in, um, you know, locking him in for the foreseeable future. So they're, they're acknowledging, like, left tackle is a position we want to secure for a very long time, and rightfully so. That is exactly what the Giants should be doing. But the fact that they are willing to wait on Xavier McKinney means that they believe either the market is going to either lessen or... You know, they want to see if they can get him at a cheaper price because he doesn't have a great season. You know, like that's that's kind of what I feel like they're trying to accomplish. Similar with Saquon Barkley, they just kind of waited. Um, the market deteriorated, and they didn't end up giving him much at all because he had no other choice, and they could just basically stand by the, the NFL's doing it, so we're doing it too. When it comes to strong, when it comes to free safeties, they've also been kind of underpaid a bit. You know, you're, you're seeing guys. I mean, Julian Love got a decent payday. I think at two years, twelve million, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Um, but again, like you know, he can play a myriad of different roles. And you know, McKinney's better than him objectively. So I maybe he gets ten mil per season. Like I think maybe that's like um, a max that we look to give McKinney with ten million per season, eleven million per season. I feel like that might be in the range of where he'll land. Which, in my opinion, like isn't a bad investment for a guy like that. Like he's very, very skilled, you know, obviously he hasn't made a pro bowl yet, but you know, pro bowl is kind of a, whatever kind of accomplishment anyway. Um, I think that I like to see him play a full season healthy, not make any of those kind of weird ATV decisions and break all your fingers. Like don't do that. Maybe like that would be a good idea. <laughs> um, you know, kind of put us in a tough spot down the stretch there last year, but so in the playoffs and um, I like McKinney. I think that, you know, this is a player that you probably can't go and draft and replace immediately. You can develop guys, but it'll go, go ask the Jets how hard it has been for them to find a, a free safety. Like they've been rolling with Ashton Davis and LaMarcus Joyner and plug and play guys that they should not have. Like, um, it's not the easiest thing in the world to go out and find a free safety. A lot of teams don't want to invest big money at the position. It's a big reason they kind of moved off Jamal Adams, and he's kind of been inconsistent with the Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, you know, you see what the Giants are kind of doing now. 
waiting, seeing what the value is. They're not going to have to give a lot more than they would right now. If anything, they'll have to give less, in my opinion. So I think it's a good strategy there. Adoree Jackson said, on the other hand, that they had discussed an extension last season, but nothing materialized. I think the Giants are probably watching Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins right now and saying, we do not need Adoree Jackson for the future. They're probably like, you know, Adoree Jackson's great to have, right? He's our CB1, like objectively. But we have two young guys who are showing really good promise, really good tangible traits. If they have good 2023 seasons and you know Hawkins can fight himself into a starting role they're not bringing Adore Jackson back I don't think I think they're probably going to go out and, pro- and, and sign a, a high probably a good slot cornerback and then continue on with Hawkins continue on um, with Deontay Banks and then just round out the depth in the secondary which they're still building you know you see guys like uh, what is it I mean if you have Darnay right now you, you still have Cordell Flott who's promising Guys, you have guys like Nick McLeod, serviceable, um, some decent players there. So they'll keep rounding on the foundation and the depth on this team and kind of stick with those youngsters. But uh, right now, like, I don't see the need to give either of them extensions immediately because of how things are developing right now. However, you know, if if things like if Dora Jackson ends up playing a huge role and Hawkins doesn't take that you know, that step forward during the regular season that we hope he does, um, you may have to. You know, I think they're probably waiting to see, like, what the market looks like, if there's a lot of other options there. Again, you're not going to have to give Adore Jackson that much more than you would at the end of the season than you would right now. So, you know, you're kind of protecting yourself, opening up your op- your options if there are more cornerbacks in the market, maybe ones that are better scheme fit, maybe a little bit more durable, better ball skills, a little bit more aggressive, you know, whatever Wink Martindale really wants, um, you know, because Adore Jackson was a holdover from the last regimen. So, you know, what are your thoughts about that? You know, the McKinney contract, and obviously, would you extend Adore now, or do you think it's okay to wait? Because personally, I think it's okay to wait on both of them. I think it's okay to wait on both of them. I think that if you wait on Jackson, that's important because he could get injured this season, and you don't know what you have with him in the future. He could have a down year, and of course, as you mentioned, the Giants have some really talented young cornerbacks on their roster. Deontay Banks, of course, Trey Hawkins. Let's see how these guys develop because they might take over those starting cornerback positions, and then there's no need to invest a a premium price tag into Adoree Jackson unless he can prove that he can play in the slot, and I think that's a really important factor for Adoree Jackson going into the season. He needs to become a little bit more versatile throughout his NFL career. He has only played on the boundary, but as we know, the Giants recently started toying with the idea of moving him to the nickel cornerback position while having Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks on the outside. So if Adoree Jackson can go into this year and make an impact as a nickel, that can be his avenue to getting that extension next offseason. He becomes far more valuable to the Giants if he has the ability to play in multiple positions. So that's going to be a big factor for him. And then when you're looking at the Xavier McKinney situation, the safety market is one of the most inconsistent markets in football. I mean, some years you'll see safeties get big time contracts, right? They start getting paid 16 million per year. The next year, the highest valued contract is like 6 million per year. It's just a really random position in the market. So what the Giants need to do here is be patient. They should not extend Xavier McKinney right now, especially considering he's been injured for a large portion of his NFL career. I know last year was a freak accident, not his fault. It was an it was an accident, it really was, and a mistake that he made. And when you look at that injury, you don't see anything like that recurring, but you just think of the fact that as a rookie, he also missed the majority of that season with a foot injury. Yes, healthy in year two and was excellent in year two with five interceptions, but we haven't seen him replicate that. Now he needs to replicate it in this contract here, the final season on his contract. If he goes out there, balls out, 
the Giants might want to use the franchise tag on him. They might want to, you know, tag and trade him. They might get him at a high price point, a low price point. There's so much uncertainty right now with Xavier McKinney. And in fact, it's almost, I wonder if the Giants are are not this, the, the party in this equation that doesn't want to sign him to the extension. I would think McKinney would want no part in signing an extension right now. Because if he goes out there, balls out, has a career year, you're looking at some of these top safeties in the NFL. You've got Derwin James making 19 million per year, Minka Fitzpatrick at 18, Jamal Adams 17 and a half, and even some of these younger guys who sign more recent contracts, Jalen Thompson of the Cardinals making 12 million per year, uh, 25 years old, Julian Love as you mentioned 25, 6 million per year, but anywhere in that range, I, I think that McKinney really could push over the 10 million into the 12, close to the 15, like a Jesse Bates the third at 16 million per year if he has a big career year in 2023 so it makes zero sense for mckinney to sign this contract that was the opposite equation for andrew thomas he's a proven established star he could have gone into the season played another year then negotiated at an even higher price point but then he's risking the fact that he could get injured and lose out on money so it was smart for andrew thomas to sign now but it's the opposite for for xavier mckinney he needs to go out there and prove that he could stay healthy and then if he does that he's going to boost his salary by a few million dollars so i don't even think that it's the giants that don't necessarily want to extend mckinney right now i'm sure part of it is because they don't want to lock into a player that has missed so much time with injury but McKinney as well he's going to want to go out there ball out this season and probably try and test the free agency market if he can and there's a good chance that he'll be able to considering the Giants franchise tag Saquon Barkley this offseason they're probably going to have to franchise tag him again next offseason if they can't work out a deal over this season's bye week while they can't even do that so that, that situation's a mess, and that's going to affect the Xavier McKinney situation as well. So we'll see what happens with McKinney. I think that it's important for him personally to have a big 2023 season. And if he does that, the Giants could be paying up a premium price at that safety position. But then again, it's such a random position. The market is always changing. They could get him for a steal next year as well. So we'll see what goes on there. And again, like I said with Adoree Jackson, this is a player that I want to see extended. I'd like to see him here long term, but it might not be necessary for the Giants to extend him. You just just got to see how it plays out this upcoming season with these rookie cornerbacks. I know that Adore Jackson said that they've had a few preliminary discussions, but that was sometime during last regular season, and they haven't really spoken about an extension since then. So I think it's pretty much safe to say that Adore Jackson has to play out this upcoming season, and they'll reevaluate next March. So we'll see how that goes. But Alex, I know the Giants signed a few depth pieces here. We've talked a lot this week about how bad the offensive line looked in last Friday's preseason opener. You mentioned two players that should absolutely never touch a football field again in Wyatt Davis and Corey Cunningham. I'm with you on that one. So the Giants, they did place Devery Hamilton, another offensive lineman, on the injured list. So he's no longer taking up a roster spot. And then they brought in a couple other players that you have some pretty good information on. So Alex, what can you tell us about the, the new players that the Giants signed today? So the Giants, obviously, as you know, had a massive turnstile at right tackle in this past weekend um, in Corey Cunningham, and he unfortunately gave up two sacks, eight pressures, over 49 offensive snaps, and um, you know played 27 snaps at left tackle, 32 at right tackle. Uh, I, think, I think we can assume that there's a problem there. I think we can assume we could use a little bit of support. Unfortunately, the guy we just signed is arguably worse. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really get it. And look, the truth is simple right now, guys. Like, you're not 
not going to go out in the free agent market, spend next to nothing and get anyone of value. Like you're just, you're bringing in bodies to compete. You're bringing in someone saying like, okay, they worked out well. They look athletic. They look like they can learn. They have some decent tangible traits. Like let's see if they have anything they can take to our coaching, take to our, our style and what we're asking them to do. Uh, so they bring in a guy called Julian Davenport. Um, he's been in the NFL for a bit, I think five seasons worth of action, but he had one of the worst seasons that I've ever seen of a, of a player in my life. I mean, he's a former fourth-round pick out of Houston in 2017, went to Bucknell. Um, he's six foot seven. he's 28 years old, 325 pounds. But his 2018 season may be one of the worst in tackle history. He had 70 pressures last week. He played 1,084 snaps. He gave up 70 pressures. 70 pressures. I, I, I can't even fathom. Like, Evan Neal was bad. This guy was, like, significantly worse. So, 70 pressures, 44 quarterback hurries, 14 quarterback hits, 12 sacks. 12 sacks, not one, not two. 12 freaking sacks. And this is the number that really and, – and if you're already, like, you should be turned off at this point, this one's going to really make you pissed off. 16 penalties. The, I don't even know how you could – perform that poorly i really don't understand like i don't get it um whatever reason the, the giants brought him in for a workout maybe he has a connection to the coaching staff maybe there's something there maybe you know that, that was in 2018 so we got hopefully a little better played 534 snaps in 2019 with miami gave up six sacks and 31 um total pressures so he was basically on pace to suck at that level again the next season um fewer penalties only one penalty so i'll give him that primary left tackle uh last he didn't play last year 2021 um he played 278 snaps for the colts gave up four sacks and 12 hurries and 20 i don't even understand why they signed this guy like I, he's just terrible like every season he has any substantial amount of snaps he is god awful um i don't know why they like him maybe he took a season off Maybe he slimmed down. Maybe he fixed his technique. He worked a lot, and he was like, I'm coming back with a vengeance. Um, I hope that's the case because whatever he did in the past, the numbers that we're seeing here are some of the worst I've ever seen. Um, but I will say this. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Took a year off, fixed whatever he needed to fix, came back. Maybe uh, is a little bit more athletic, a little bit better, and the Giants like what they saw. So we'll give, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt uh, right now. But but <laughs> just so you guys know, he's, he's been really bad in the past. Um, and the truth is simple. The Giants are probably going to have to go out and get some waiver wire cuts. Um, you know, we there's a there's a link to Justin Pugh. I know Pat Leonard of the NYDN uh, kind of, I guess, interviewed him today. And he was like, yeah, I'd love to come back to the Giants, finish, finish off my career, coming off an ACL tear. So there's definitely a little bit of concern. Um, you know, there's... We just need help, guys. Like any any help we can get with experience that has a relative decent pass that's that's cheap. Justin Pugh is a fine guard. He might get maybe a little tackle experience. Like he can fill in. You're not asking him to start. You're giving him a veteran minimum deal and saying you're coming off a serious injury. Um, we'll see what you got. You know you have experience. You know what it's like to play in New York. So you know what are you thinking about these guys? Um, and they also brought another guy, Ray Wilborn, a linebacker uh, from the Broncos. He played. 10 snaps last year in the preseason. I think that's basically all he's done ever. I don't think he's actually made a regular season appearance, so that's unfortunate for him. Uh, maybe he suited up for two games. He didn't actually play, but he has 177 career preseason snaps. He actually put some decent numbers on the board, had 16 total tackles. Um, you know, hasn't missed a tackle in the, in the last two years in preseason games. Didn't give up much uh, in, in coverage. But, you know, it, this is another wash, guys. Like, this is not a player you're expecting to be anything serious. He's an undrafted free agent in 2020. Um, six foot four, 224 <clears throat> pounds. He's got some size to him. So 
you bring him in, ask him to compete. He's healthy. Uh, you know, that's kind of the most you're asking out of this guy. And then, you know, we'll talk about Micah McFadden to wrap this up in a second, Anthony, but I'll give you a chance to kind of uh, give your take on these guys. I don't even want to discuss that offensive lineman. You summed it up. There's nothing worth worth discussing there. Just another body. Let's see if the Giants can develop him. But this is not a player that I expect to make the roster. They're just giving a guy a chance. But I will say I disagree with you on Ray Wilborn. I think that Ray Wilborn will actually see playing time for the Giants and has a legitimate chance of making the regular season roster. Now, why might that be the case, you ask? Because the guy plays special teams. He does play special teams. And we saw one of the worst special teams performances out of the Giants in recent memory on Friday's game um, against the Detroit Lions in week one of the preseason. So Ray Wilborn, a linebacker, safety hybrid, and a special teamer. He can tackle. He can go out there. As you said, no no missed tackles in the preseason. This isn't a guy that's going to be going out there and playing in the Giants' defensive lineup, but in their special teams lineup on kickoff returns, uh, punt returns, going out there and trying to make some tackles or fill some holes or disrupt some blocks. That's what Ray, Ray Wilborn can do. So I could see him getting a lot of playing time in the preseason and potentially sneaking his way onto the regular season roster purely as a special teamer, but not really somebody that's going to make an impact in the center of the defense from the linebacker position. Unlike Micah McFadden, Alex, I will talk about him now since you just mentioned him. He is leading the race for the starting number two linebacker job, according to Wink Martindale. Now, to me, that makes a ton of sense. That's exciting. That is what I expected. Darian Beavers coming back from this injury. Yes, he's looked good at training camp. He looks fast. He looks healthy. He's got a chance to make a serious impact on this defense. He was listed with the first team in the unofficial depth chart released last week. However, We didn't see him play at all in the first preseason game, which tells me maybe he's not back to 100% like we thought he was. Because if he was listed with the first team and now Micah McFadden is leading the race according to uh, Wink Martindale, but Beavers didn't play, Beavers is probably not healthy enough to play. So we're still waiting on Beavers to feel 100%. Then we can see if he can go out there in the preseason, make an impact, and earn back that starting job. But for now, in my opinion, Alex, it needs to go to the guy who's actually played in an NFL regular season. I don't want Darian Beavers going out there basically in his rookie year to start in the Giants defense. Of course, the Giants drafted him last year. He's got some great traits, looked awesome in last preseason, but then he tore his ACL and he didn't play a single snap during the regular season. Who did? Micah McFadden. He played in all 17 games for the New York Giants. Do not underestimate how much experience that is and how important that is for a player who will be starting in the Giants defense. He made seven starts last year. He's absolutely ready to take on the full-time starting role. Now, will he be an elite player? Can he take it on and run away with it and be a great linebacker? I don't know. Probably not. But I do think that Micah McFadden has some great traits, some really good tools, and a pass rushing ability that Wink Martindale is bound to fall in love with. So I think that Micah McFadden is the clear-cut number one guy that I want starting alongside Bobby Okereke. He makes far more sense in that position than Darian Beavers to me at this point. But it is still early. There is two more preseason games left on the schedule. If Darian Beavers goes out there this upcoming weekend and balls out and then does it again next weekend, he can absolutely steal back that starting job. But as Wink Martindale said, right now the man leading the race But it's still a race, pointing out that it's still a race. But the man leading the race is Micah McFadden, and in my opinion, Alex, as he absolutely should be. So what are your thoughts on this two-man race between Micah McFadden and Darian Beavers? I mean, guys, it makes sense. Like, um, the the truth is, 
you know, Darren Beaver has missed his rookie seasons coming off an ACL tear. Like, if he was leading the pack, I'd be really, really upset. <laughs> because if he was leading this unit right now, I'd be like, how the hell did Micah McFadden blow that advantage? Like, he has a full year of experience under his belt, and Beavers didn't even play in week one of the preseason. And I know some people, I saw some comments like, Micah McFadden didn't look good in the preseason game. Um, and I'm only basing this off of what I'm looking at right now, which is like the PFF stats. He ha- he had a pressure, he had a quarterback hit, didn't miss a tackle. He had one tackle, an assist, and a stop, and he gave up one reception for six yards. Um, I don't necessarily know why people didn't like his performance. Everything here suggests that he was fine over. He only played 14 snaps, so the sample size is too small to say he was bad or good, to be honest with you. He made a couple plays in 14 snaps. I think that's, that's okay. Um, and, and, you know, last year, there were ups and downs for him. I think that, you know, when you're looking at what he actually did and put on the football field, it was very inconsistent for a rookie. I mean, he's a fifth-round pick, for goodness sake. What do you expect? But his tackling was fine. You know, 9.1% missed tackle rates, probably around average for linebackers. Give up 269 yards in coverage and a touchdown. Um, the 81.5% reception rate certainly isn't, like, the best in the world. You'd want to see that reduce, obviously. But that's why I have Bobby Okereke. He's going to help, you know, kind of mitigate those coverage snaps and, and allow Michael McFadden to blitz. You know, he's a really good downhill rusher, um, you know, coming from that inside linebacker position. He's 23 years old. He's young, developmental piece. Um, I'd like to see him get a little bit better in run defense in terms of like positioning um, and getting in, getting into good spots and like you know picking the right gaps to plug. Uh, but you know he can be aggressive and Bobby Okereke can be that cleanup guy. Like you know just fill the gaps behind him, make sure he you know he's not entirely out of position to help him along the way. So I think that'll be a good thing for him. Like working alongside a, a proven veteran that's a, a good above average proven linebacker. I think it'll do him well. And Wink Martindale said like he saw he he Michael McFadden improved going into training camp. So. And it seemed to him, it seemed to me like Wink was like he's leading the pack. Like this is not this is not really a race right now. It seemed like Michael McFadden's kind of got this job locked up unless they go out and like sign an Anthony Barr and like get some of the experience. But it doesn't seem like the Giants are going in that route. So I feel as though they're investing a lot in these late round draft picks. I mean, think about this, Anthony. This is something I, I've actually been thinking about, and I think you guys will appreciate this. We haven't seen this much faith in investment in actual like like potential result and talent from late round draft picks like this in a long time. I mean, you think about like the fourth round on, right? Like Julian loves the last guy that like really made an impact here. Um, you, you, you could kind of point to like, um, you know, Jordan Riley's a seventh round pick this year. He looked really good in the first preseason game. Like maybe there's something there. Trey Hawkins is running with the ones like they, like Wink was like Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins have been two of our best corners in camp. And it's not even it's not even like a question. Like it seems to me like right now, if everything stays, the trend sticks, he's gonna be starting week one against Dallas, uh, Trey Hawkins. So like when's the last time you saw a sixth round pick, a rookie that is, start for the Giants in a meaningful game and like perform well? He hasn't performed well yet, so I'm I'm leaving the jury out, but like we haven't seen this much value in a long time. Daniel Bellinger, like he's a tremendous young player that has a lot of upside. Fourth round pick. You know what I mean? Um there's a lot of talent here that we're getting. Like Darian Beavers could end up being a good linebacker. He just needs time. Like he just hasn't played it all yet. So we're talking about sixth, seventh, fifth round picks here, like making an impact on the Giants. What have we seen this? Like, Josh Azudu is a fifth-round fifth pick, fourth-round pick. You know what I mean? Like, Marcus McKethan, we'll see what he could do. But there's a lot of guys, and they're like, we're giving our we're giving our youngsters chances to play. Like, we're giving our, our guys chances to win starting jobs, and we're going to coach them up and make them good. Like, I, I haven't seen this in a long time from the Giants, and it's really, it's really nice to see. You know, like, our fifth, and, our fifth sixth, seventh-round picks over the last 10 years, they were just, they were just cut. They were bodies. Like, they were just bodies that were ended, up, ended up being cut over and over again, like, Eric Gray is going to be a valuable piece for us at some point, um, whether it be as a kick returner or as a backup running back. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's fun to see. It's nice to see that this team is like actually investing in late round draft picks and like guys with upside and like going after athleticism, going after guys that serve a, a specific purpose, like have a strength and are not just like these slow, like terrible players that have no value. Um, they draft guys with a reason now. Like they're, they're, everyone has a purpose. And I feel like that's kind of fun to enjoy and like see the development of these players again. None of them have done anything yet, but at least you're seeing like they have strengths and the Giants are getting them out of them like really early in camp and during preseason. So um, it's certainly nice to see their development. No, I mean, a million percent. I agree with you. We've been saying this over and over again all offseason long. Like, Joe Shane has done a great job of finding middle to late round talents. At least that's how we feel. Of course, you got to wait and see how these guys pan out. But right now, we like the value that he's grabbing. You know, it's not even about whether or not we think these guys are just going to be good. It's the fact that he drafted players that were projected to go in one round and then he got them rounds later like you're talking about john michael schmitz projected to go in the first round he gets him in round two jalen hyatt projected to go first early second he gets him in the middle of round three you're talking about javarius owens another kid that i really liked who we're not talking about enough played really well in the first preseason game projected to go in the fourth round he gets him over in the seventh round so this is the thing with Joe Shane. It's not just the fact that we think he's grabbing all these stars and studs because we're reading stats about them. It's because we know where they were projected to go in the draft, and Joe Shane waited it out and found guys who slid in the draft and then capitalized on those falls and is hopefully going to build these guys up into being good players under Brian Dable's coaching staff. And that's the thing. We finally have a coaching staff that we trust to develop these guys. So we now have a Giants team that's young and is built the right way because NFL championship teams are built through the draft. The teams that do patchwork and just sign a bunch of star-studded free agents in the summer, those are not the teams that go on to win championships. It's teams like, uh, you know, the Eagles. And not that they've won one yet, but look at how good that team is right now. The majority of their players were found through the draft. The Kansas City Chiefs are the prime example. The Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, these are teams that built through the draft. Their best players are homegrown talents. So the Giants this offseason extended a bunch of homegrown talent. Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas. Thomas, and also made sure to hold on to a surplus of draft picks and find some guys who were falling in the draft class. So the Giants are building the right way right now. I'm excited to see preseason week two. Let's see if Eric Gray can build on a shaky first performance. I thought that he had a good performance, but the offensive line in front of him was so shaky that he didn't get, get enough opportunities to really make the most of the, of the game. So let's see if he can build on it, have a better opportunity in week two and capitalize on it. Let's see all these guys. You know, I think there's a lot of really interesting rookies on this team, second year players, third year players as well. The Giants have a lot of young players that I'm very excited about. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend's preseason game and the following one after that. That. And I'm also looking forward to this regular season watching who the Giants breakout players are going to be because again, it is a young and talented team. And finally, the Giants are building it the right way. So I can't wait. And of course, we're going to update you on everything with this upcoming preseason game all the way through the regular season right here on Fireside Giants. So Make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.